morning, church. I hope you can hear me. It's a joy to be with you all this morning. And uh, my name is Greg, Greg Helms, and my wife Kilby is here. And we bring you greetings from uh, Arua, Uganda in East Africa. The church greets you. It's a, a big part of the culture there to send your greetings to the believers elsewhere, and I love it. There are Christians in the prison there. Uh, who came to faith while in prison and they send their greetings. The students in the school and the discipleship meetings, they send their greetings and their blessings to you. And it's our joy to be with you this morning and to look at the scriptures. We'll be looking at a passage from Galatians chapter 2 from our brother Paul, who walked before us and was used mightily by the Lord. It's a joy to see the grace of God affecting lives, impacting people, our friends in East Africa, seeing people in a place of struggle and poverty, a slope place of life, very relational community. They have joy because they know what Jesus has done for them, because they know and understand and have put their faith on Christ as they heard the gospel. It's our joy to labor in East Africa and encourage local churches to walk in a biblical way because this is what God has given for his people. And if we love him, we will walk in his ways. But we could never earn our salvation by walking in his ways. We would never be able to walk in his ways apart from salvation by grace through faith. And so Paul who knew this so well, preached this with humility and with boldness. Paul, who was a keeper of the letter of the law, when Christ met him on the road, when grace was revealed to him, when the Son of God was revealed to him, it changed everything. And he went from being a persecutor of the people of the way, the followers of Christ, to being a student of Christ and a bold and faithful disciple. And he did not preach his own works. He did not preach his own goodness or his own accomplishments. He said, all that is in me is rubbish. All that is in me is nothing compared to knowing Christ, my Lord and Savior, who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul understood the grace of God as God shined a light on his heart. It changed everything. It changed the way he walked. It changed the way he talked. It changed what he was about. But he didn't earn it. God just made his grace known to Paul. And then Paul wanted to spend his life making the grace of God known to others. And I pray that as a people who've received the grace of God, we would desire with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength to worship him and to make his grace known to others. We are not good. But Christ, our Redeemer, our Savior, is perfect in every way. He died a substitutionary death on the cross to save sinners like me, sinners like us. And we get to be a part 
of his body, the church, his bride, the church. And we get to make this message of grace known. And we don't add anything to the gospel. And we don't subtract anything from the gospel. Because both would do a great disservice and be sin against our Lord and Savior. Who loved us and gave himself for us. So we make it our effort to walk in step with the Spirit and preach Christ. We, we ask God, help us, we are weak, but you are strong. And we know that he will work through us by his Holy Spirit. There's a circumstance going on here as Paul writes this letter to the churches in Galatia. And there's something going on where Old Testament law or where custom, Jewish custom, was being added back onto the gospel. And it was heinous and grievous sin against God. Because it was adding something onto grace as a requirement for peace with God and reconciliation with God and faithfulness to God. And grace leads to faithfulness. But we can add nothing to the gospel. We can add nothing to the gospel. Paul even confronts a dear brother, Peter, who is in some way shaming the Gentiles and reforming back, unforming, going back to old Jewish cultural traditional practices. And it was as though Peter was saying that in order to be a faithful Christian, the Gentile needed to first become like the Jew as a stepping stone to be a faithful follower of Christ. And Paul writes strongly and says, no, it is only the grace of God. It is only the son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. Put your faith on him. Trust in him and follow him. Let us read from Galatians chapter 2 together, looking from verse 20. Paul writes this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Verse 21. I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Paul is writing this as someone who has come to understand and experience the precious and amazing grace of God. The Son has been revealed to him and he wants to preach the gospel among the Gentiles faithfully. But he's not trying to make them Jews. He just wants them to know Christ died to save sinners. And if somebody is impeding that, or subtracting from the gospel, or adding to the gospel, subtracting from the word of God, or adding to the word of God, Paul will speak out. And he just wants people to know there's no goodness in us apart from Christ in us. 
There's no good works which are leading to God's favor. God has already lavished His grace, His unmerited favor, unearned favor on us, sinners, weak and needy. Paul writes from verse 15 that we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. The only way that someone can be made right with God is through faith in Jesus Christ. And so this is the gospel we preach. The grace of God freely shown. It's the gospel that's needed in Okeechobee. It's the gospel that's needed in the broken and corrupted and evil culture of our nation and it's the gospel that's needed in East Africa where people are telling them you must do this this and this if you will ever be seen as good before God there is no such thing as works-based righteousness it does not exist we are all sinners we all like sheep have gone astray each and every one of us have turn to our own ways. It's the nature of the flesh after the fall. As sinful people in the line of Adam, we want to please ourselves. We want to proclaim ourselves. We want to prove ourselves. And we cannot. And no one can. But as believers who, like Paul, have been impacted by the force of God's grace on our lives, by the good news message that Christ Jesus came into the world and lived a perfect life and died a sacrificial death as our substitute. He took our sin on, our, on His shoulders. He took my sin on His shoulders and put it to death on the cross. He took the curse, the wrath for us, and He put our sins to death. He rose victoriously on the third day. And all who repent and believe in Jesus will be saved apart from their goodness. Because there is no goodness in man apart from God, apart from Christ, apart from salvation by faith. What a blessing that human beings in the line of Adam can receive the love of God in Christ and be made new, be restored, brought into Peace with God, family with God, the body of believers, the church, the bride of Christ. This is our joy. This is why we sing praise. This is why we worship the creator God who is the sustainer God, who is the savior God, who is at work in and through everything. And far be it from Paul to let anyone preach a different message. He says, let that person know they are condemned writes that in the beginning of this letter and let it be far from each of us to ever proclaim a message other than the pure and simple gospel Christ Jesus died to save sinners like us and when he redeems us he makes us new and we will walk in a different way we will desire obedience as an act of worship as an act of gratitude we've been bought at a price not with gold, not with silver, but with the precious blood of Jesus. And this motivates Paul 
He's no longer living for himself as we read from verse 20. It is no longer I who live, but Christ alive in me. Christ who lives in me. It's what Paul also wrote to the church, to the church, to the believers. In Philippians, he wrote, to live is Christ, to die is gain. To live, it's all about Jesus. It's all about this gospel. There is no other good news message. There is no other hope. There is no other peace with God. There is no other way of salvation. I'm going to live my whole life for him. Let that be our understanding. In the workplace, my life is for Christ. In Florida, my life is for Christ. At home with family, my life is for Christ. Christ alive in me, Christ at work in me, with our friends and with our enemies, Christ alive in me, Christ at work in me. I'm not good, I'm not strong, I'm weak and needy, but Christ is my Savior, and He lives in me and He's working through me, and He's sanctifying us by the work of the Word, by the work of the Spirit through the Word, and He's using us. That is amazing. Paul, who was condemning Christians and abusing Christians and seeking to imprison followers of Jesus Christ, radically transformed by the gospel, and he's not rendered useless to this cause. His testimony is the grace of God changed everything. And I want to be totally submitted to the God who could redeem me from the path to hell, from the pit of selfish, confused living. God has redeemed me. And I want to be well spent making this message of grace known to others. Paul understood that faith only comes through hearing the good news message. General revelation has no ability to make Christ's sacrificial death known to us. Human beings who've been redeemed by the God of this great gospel must speak. And our lives must be a witness ongoing in our local area and to the surrounding areas and reaching out. People must hear this good news message and it must not be changed. It must not be added to or subtracted from. I'm not going, Kilby and I are not in East Africa to make a Jewish nation there. But for people to know Christ. Here in Okeechobee, Everglades exist to make Christ known and to grow up as his body in this place. And it's a privilege to gather here. It's truly a joy as we travel to visit with brothers and sisters worshiping the one true God, whether it's in New York or Virginia or Delaware or North Carolina, all along the East Coast, all broken places, broken states, but there are brothers and sisters. In East Africa, brothers and sisters, worshiping the one true God, making the grace of God known, walking in the grace of God ourselves. We walk imperfectly, but the grace of our God is perfect. And it's at work in us. He who saved us is sanctifying us, and he will give us boldness to speak this good news message, this truth with power not our own, but with his authority. What a privilege. What a joy. What purpose we have in life. What meaning there is for our days as followers of Jesus. 
as heralds of this good news, as witnesses, as disciples, making disciples, making disciples. May we be found faithful. In every place, the human sinful tendency is to add or subtract something. Because we want to depend on ourselves. There's this constant battle between the sin that remains, the fleshliness that we live in, and the Spirit of God at work in us. I pray that God would purify us day by day and that we would constantly be reminded of grace, God's grace, grace that has changed us, grace that has saved us and is changing us, grace that will lead us home. There's a pastor who's been dead a while who was always talking about moment-by-moment faith, moment-by-moment faith in Jesus Christ. And it just seemed like a phrase he was always repeating, but the more I heard it, the more I realized our need of exactly that. Sometimes our faith is feeble, but the Lord is near. Set your eyes on Jesus. Sometimes we feel strong. We need to be reminded we are weak. But Jesus is strong. Rest on Him. Walk with Him. Make His name known. But don't ever be deceived by Satan and his devices. Don't ever allow yourself to take your eyes off of Jesus or your mind off of things above and think, I'm doing pretty good over here. That's to trust on ourselves. For Peter, he was reverting to old practices and putting a stumbling block before Gentiles, putting fellow believers, brothers and sisters at arm's length. Let us never do that. Let us follow in Paul's path in preaching, I have been crucified with Christ. This life does not belong to me. I've been ransomed. I've been purchased. And Christ is alive in me. Whatever Christ says, I want that. Whatever the Word teaches, I want that. I never want to boast in myself. Paul had much that he could have boasted in culturally and socially, but his boast was not in himself. He said all of that is like a loss compared to knowing Christ and making Him known. Let us never boast in ourselves or make ourselves the hero of our own little story or be spending our lives building our own little kingdoms. Let us never put unnecessary stumbling blocks in front of the people we're sharing the gospel with or seeking to disciple. Let us just share the truth, the simple truth. I love what Paul says. In the second part of verse 20, he says, And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Spurgeon said, I don't know of a better summary of the Christian experience than this. What a power-packed portion of a sentence. The life 
I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The gospel has had its work in this person. The grace of God has pierced this person. The Holy Spirit as it is at work in this person. He doesn't belong to himself. He still lives in the flesh. He's still walking on this earth where there is a battle between the spirit and the flesh. But he says, I'm living by faith. I'm not living in the old life. I've been made new. I'm living by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. God chose to die to save sinners. We don't deserve that. But that's God's grace. And that is the only way of salvation. There is no other name. There is no other path. You want to know the Father? You have to come through the Son by faith. Receive the grace of God. And it's our joy in East Africa to preach and teach this message. It's very interesting. There's been evangelism in that place for a hundred years. But there's not been discipleship. There's not been focus on the Word of God and keeping in step with the Spirit of God. And as a result of that, there's something so watery that it cannot be called the gospel. There's so much confusion. You can meet people in our area who have been in church 20 or 30 years and all they have is morality. Try to do good, try, try not to do bad, and go to pray over there in the building with the cross on it. And maybe you'll be good enough for God. We cannot be good enough for God. We are sinners, weak and needy, but God is gracious. So it's our joy to proclaim the grace of God there where a sort of law has become the means or the mechanism or the religion. We want Christ to be made known. In Okeechobee, as a part of the southeast of the United States, there's a lot of the same. There are so many parallels between the southeast of the United States where there's some kind of law or legalistic or moralistic living, but no gospel. In North Carolina, there are churches where we come from. There are churches that don't preach the gospel. Or they say the words of the gospel, but they add or subtract from the word of God. What a shame. What confusion. So it's our joy to share the simple gospel that Christ died to save sinners and rose victoriously that anyone can receive this grace who would trust in the Lord Jesus and repent from their sins. We get to teach the ways uh, of Christ. We get to share the message of good news. We get to share from creation and walk through Genesis with students who have a hunger to grow in the knowledge of God. And they're not just looking for an easy way out. They've found hope and they want to grow in hope. They've found peace and want to grow in peace and in the knowledge of God so they can share the message clearly with others. The grace of God is having its effect. The same need is all around us here in the United States, here in Okeechobee. People need to know the grace of God. Nothing added, nothing subtracted. 
They need to see the grace of God at work in our lives as we follow him. Sometimes we want something that looks big, but just following in the ways of Christ, it can look simple, but it will not match anything anyone has ever seen when they see the grace of God at work in us, when it changes us, when God has made us new, and we'll have something to talk about, something to share. We have a message people desperately need. And we need to make this faith known to others. We need to make this simple message known to others. And it will happen because God's word cannot fail. And it is God's design and desire and his will to draw people from every language, tribe, and nation. That includes people who speak English and live in Okeechobee, whatever their lineage, or people who've moved to the area wherever they came from. God's going to rescue some. There are sheep that belong to his fold who have not yet been called in. And it's God's design and desire and will to use you. Not because you're strong, but because you're weak and needy, but you've received the grace of God. Make his grace known. Teach the grace of God in your family. Teach the ways of God in your family. Share those things at work. Share those things at school or with your teammates or when you move along the path, when you walk into a store, wherever you go, make the grace of God known. Let that be the speaking point of our lives because it's what's changed our eternity and our present. Paul understood that the Son of God loves him. I want you to know the Son of God loves you. But not because you are good and lovable, but because he, in his nature, in his character, is a loving God. There is no greater act of love than for one who is perfect to lay down his perfect life in our place. Let us make this message known. Let us not add to it or subtract from it. Let us not put a stumbling block. Let us not make it more difficult for people to see the grace of God, to hear the grace of God. Let them see true faith in us, living faith, living hope at work in us as we worship the living God with our lives. I love what Paul says from verse 21. And this is such a brief summary and just one aspect of these verses, which could be expounded on, which could be summarized and looked at for the rest of our lives. Let us never nullify the grace of God by reverting back to old tendencies, by reverting back to trusting on ourselves or thinking we are good or depending on human means or human wisdom. Righteousness does not come through the law. Righteousness, peace with God, right standing before God does not come through the law, does not come through being good or moral. Christ died to save sinners. This is the only way to be at peace with God. This is the only way anyone on earth can be justified, can be made right. It is never with our own righteousness. 
We know that our righteousness, our attempts at the thing that is true righteousness, is like filthy rags before God. And that is true of every human being who has ever existed. But Christ died to place our righteousness on Him as we trust on Him by faith, as we receive His grace, as we receive forgiveness, as we receive new life, as the Holy Spirit works in us, as the gospel light shines on our heart. There's nothing greater to live for than this. There's no other path of true righteousness. Let us never neglect the grace of God or negate the grace of God or refute the grace of God. What Peter was doing when he was putting Gentile believers at arm's length, he was refuting the grace of God. Peter is a true brother, a true believer, a strong teacher and preacher and follower of Christ. But in that instance, he was not focused on the grace of God. And he presented something false, which goes against the grace of God. Let us be careful in our lives. Let us take a look at our lives and be watchful over our days, saying, God, help me to present the truth. Help my mind to be set on this moment-by-moment -moment faith and always be worshiping you. And God, I'm so weak and I'm so needy, but let your message of truth shine forth from me because your spirit's at work and you've filled me up with your word. Let the light shine in a world of darkness in Okeechobee or Arua, Uganda, or up in South Sudan, or when you're on vacation in North Carolina or Louisiana or wherever people go, I don't know, over by the beach, God, help me to make your grace known. Help people to see true faith through me. God, in our lives, let us see people trust on the Lord Jesus and be saved. Let them hear the message of the gospel from our lips and see it at work in us. I'm so grateful for our brother Paul making the strong stand that he did because this was an assault on the gospel. And this is the reality in our world. False things are being paraded as Christianity, which have nothing to do with Christ. In our part of the world, there's a form of folk Islam being taught as a prosperity message we want people to know Christ the truth we want them to come into the family of God there are people practicing old traditional religions from their ancestors and some of them are praying to their dead ancestors hoping for some peace in this broken messed up life we want to make the grace of God known to them in that place up in South Sudan, we've been able to travel some recently, earlier this year. Please pray for the lost of South Sudan who think they're found. And please pray for Muslims in South Sudan who have no clue the truth of Christ and this great gospel. They've never heard it. Pray that God would give us opportunity there. Much like Paul writes elsewhere, he wants to make the gospel known where it's not been made known. He wants to preach the truth where it's not been preached.
And then we'll be praying for you while you're in this place because there are co-workers and friends and family members who though they've gone to church for a really long time or they used to go to church for a long time or they go sometimes, they have no clue of this great gospel that sinners can be washed clean but not by their own works. The same message is needed everywhere to meet the greatest need of the sinful human condition, salvation and reconciliation with God. We can't reconcile ourselves to God. We must just by faith receive His grace and mercy. Trust on Christ with your whole heart and then spend your life making this message known. Pray that we would be a people who walk in step with the Spirit, who display the fruit of the Spirit because God is marvelously in His kindness working in us because God in His kindness chose to love us and Christ chose to give Himself up for us. No human beings overpowered the Son of God. He humbly submitted Himself to death on a tree to hang accursed for you and for me. And to the world, whether it's in Okeechobee or in Uganda or in East Africa, for some people this is a stumbling block because we want to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and be strong and good on our own. Or it is foolishness and folly. Some people think it's a myth or an old tale and they are clueless that they stand condemned. But we preach Christ, knowing that God is drawing His people to Himself. And we are so grateful for you as you pray for us over there in East Africa, and please know that we pray for you here in Okeechobee. But let us be committed and devoted and surrendered to this with a passion and a zeal and a knowledge like nothing else. Because nothing matters more than for God to get His glory through the worship of His people and for this message to go forth through our lives and by our speech, through our conduct and our purity and our visible faith. Before a world that is watching, but a world that is so confused, destitute, broken, run over by sin, hardened hearts all around us. But we trust the Lord can work because He softened our hard hearts and He redeemed our broken lives and He saved our lives from the pit and He brought us out from darkness and into His marvelous light. And when we were not a people, when we were far from God, He shone the light of the gospel on our hearts and He brought us near and made us family. And He's going to do that for others and it's only going to be by these means. This means His grace. We're so grateful for you here at Everglades. It's a joy. There are some of our friends who meet under a mango tree, much like we're gathered here this morning in the shade of the trees, and they asked, does church look like this? The people of God look like this over in the United States? And we say, yeah, Okeechobee, Florida. You love them. You'll see them in heaven. And they'll see you. And what a fellowship that will be when we're in the presence of our Savior who loved us 
and gave himself for us. Perfect fellowship, perfect peace, perfect joy. No more tears of sadness, no more funerals, no more guys on the end of the road building coffins, no more sadness, no more sickness like malaria or typhoid, only perfect joy. Perfect health in every way, face to face with our Savior who loved us and gave himself for us. Perfect fellowship with the people who have been perfected by God's grace, who've been glorified, singing worship, praising, feasting, laughing, in total joy and gladness with God our Father, with Jesus our Savior. What a day that will be. But what a privilege in this life to live in the footsteps of our brother Paul, who lived in the footsteps of our Savior King. Let us be serious about making this message known. Let us be serious. Let us say, God, give me a boldness where I'm timid. Give me a strength where I'm weak. Give me words where I falter. Make my life more pure than it is, God, because in my own strength, I cannot. And let people see. And let me share. And let me see what you will do, Lord. Because I know your word is having its effect as it did in me. And I know it's at work in the church. And so, God, add to the number. Call in your lost sheep. Use us. Let us spend and be spent for the sake of souls. Let us devote ourselves to sacrifice in step with our Savior. Let us see the sacrifice of Paul who was willing to, to take any beating or any slander, but he was going to preach the truth. He was willing to take any imprisonment or any harsh treatment, but he was going to speak the truth, whether before kings or those along the path. Let us make that our same desire in this life. Let us ask God to give us that desire. And let us be found faithful, not because we are strong, but because we're weak and needy, but we've received grace. Let us be preachers of grace, teachers of grace, followers of the living God. In a practical sense this week, let us say, God, help me study your grace. Help me think on your grace. Give me someone to share the message of your grace with in words and give me the words to do so. God, help me to teach grace at home with my family. Help me to walk in grace with my life. Help me to open the scriptures and teach something to be found faithful in your ways because you're the good and all faithful God who's at work in us. We're praying for you here at Everglades and we ask you to please continue in prayer for us as we labor for souls in East Africa. We see God doing his work, drawing in people from different languages, tribes, and nations. It's our privilege to have small group gatherings with five different tribes present who historically their history is only one of war and infighting, but the gospel brings them together and unifies them. That's amazing. People from South Sudan and Uganda united, though they come from different nations, different backgrounds, different former beliefs, different following in the ways of their ancestors, now they're family because Jesus died to save sinners. And now they want to make his message known. And they're willing to walk 8 or 13 miles 
to go and hear the message. And they're willing to go and share the message far away, though they might get beat or have rocks thrown at them by their Muslim neighbors. But they love them enough to say, we must preach Christ. They have to hear. Some of these guys who've never gotten on a bus or on a truck, just moved by foot or bicycle or motorbike their whole life, they're willing to get on a little tiny plane and go and make the grace of God known. Not knowing where they're going to sleep or what they're going to eat, but they know they're going to walk through town and share with anyone who will listen. Let us glean some of that passion as we study the scriptures and the spirit works in us. May we be motivated and may we cry out to God for a hunger for more truth and for the, the living God to be at work in our lives as we walk on this earth. Let us pray together. God, we trust you and we praise you and we thank you. God, help us not to depend on our own works or our own efforts, but completely on Christ. God, help us not to turn back to weak and worthless things, but to be fully surrendered to you. God, keep us prayerful. Keep us humble. Remind us of our frailty as you so often do, but help us to depend on you and help us to proclaim not ourselves, but your kindness and love, your grace and your mercy. Let us be a people, God, devoted to the unadulterated, unchanged gospel which you have given, your plan from before the foundations of the earth, let us make this grace known. God, if we don't know you, I pray that you would draw any lost people to yourself here this morning. God, if we've lacked evangelistic zeal, stir us up to share your word with others. And let us never add to it, never subtract from it. Give us a complete and total devotion. Grow us daily. Keep our minds set on you moment by moment. Let us live as witnesses, Lord. May your name be praised and your gospel go forth through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.